we're in week four of this sermon series that we're calling uh, Family Forever. How many of you guys have been having fun the last couple of weeks? Yeah. How many of you guys enjoyed Pastor Martin and Linnell last week? It just seems like every single, uh, uh, every single time that, that they teach, it just gets deeper and deeper, and they're turning into like these flowers that blossom, and there's always something more. Well, I have the opportunity to teach you today on this concept called love. How many of you guys love your families? <laughs> Don't clap. Stop. Because there are some people, you sitting by your husband, and you looked at him like, mm. Yeah. In the kingdom of God, love is probably one of the most important things that we need to understand, but it's one of the least things that we teach about. We, we, we teach, how many of you guys have heard messages about if you don't like them, cut them off? Uh, if, if they don't fit with your vision, cut them off. But how many of you guys know that that doesn't always apply, especially when it's family? Yeah, what this whole sermon series is all about is family forever, meaning that when you landed on earth in that group, regardless of what's going on in that place, if you have faith, then God will supply. Yeah, so it's okay if we jump right into the word. Let's do it. 1 Corinthians 13, 10 through 11. If you could read it with me, be a good class, say amen. Here it is. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now, underline this part. What is it? Others are building on it. Somebody say it again. Others are building on it. But whoever is building on the foundation must be, say, somebody say, very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. And who is that? I want you to write this down really, really quick. The foundation of a healthy family is love. Your finances will not work if you do not love each other. Your 50-year plan that you have on paper will not work if you do not love each other. Like, you can't love each other without loving each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, like acts of love. Like, how many of you guys have ever got a meal cooked for you and the person was salty, so it changed the flavor of the food? Oh, not y'all. I'll talk to this side. How many of you have ever gotten a gift from somebody, but you knew their heart posture was kind of messed up, and when you got the gift, they were just like, hmm. So it's not so much about the gift that you're being given. It's about the giver and their heart posture. And if we're going to make it as a family unit, if you're going to make it as a mother, as a father, as a foster parent, even if you're a mother that miscarried, you're still the family. Just want to make sure that you know. So, but if we don't love each other, look at your neighbor and say, we ain't going to make it. One of the biggest things that allows families to make it through crisis is that they all know how to build. So what I'd like to talk to you today for just a couple of minutes is this concept called build my family. Can you say it? Build my family. Every family is walking through something, working towards something, or hoping for something. Every single family. Any family that you think. How many of you guys have ever heard that concept of keeping up with the Joneses? Every single person that you think is light years ahead of you, guess what? They feel like they have other families that are light years ahead of them. So it becomes this rat race where instead of loving the family unit that you have, we can look at other people's families and begin trying to do surgery on our family. And then you can turn the gift that God gave you as your mother, your father, your son, and your daughter into something else and then be frustrated because it doesn't work. But I want to make sure that you know that the stuff that you need to build an amazing family point at yourself. Say, it's already in me. It's already in me. Isn't it interesting that people with no money try to tell you how to spend yours? Isn't it interesting people that don't see your vision try to tell you how to hear from God? Then that means that the only person that needs to be hearing from God on behalf of your family is you. But if you don't have relationship with God, you can start building your life and building your family with materials that he never gave you. Yeah. 
So today we're going to talk about the importance of why loving your family is so important. Look at your neighbor, write it down. Look at your neighbor and say, do you love me? If that's a neighbor, look at yourself and say, do you love me? Genesis 2 and 21. Uh, uh, Point number two is this. I want you to write this down, that family is God's chosen structure to display love on the earth. I want to make sure that you understand a couple of things. When God created earth, he never had a plan to rule it. When God created animals, he didn't have a plan to run them. When God created plants, he didn't have a, a plan to name them. The reason why God picked earth and built earth was, guess what? It was for you. What brings God the most pleasure is when his people, who are called by his name, called the church, called us, when we actually stand in these things called love, hope, dominion, and power. You say them all the time, but I wonder if you know what they mean. God finds joy in it when we love one another. The opposite, it would say that God's heart is broken when we hate one another. God's heart sings when you have dominion. That's a really fancy word for when you look at your life, you can put your hands around it and make it do what you want it to do. So on the opposite end, what could we say? That it breaks God's heart when you look at situations in your life and you have no control. God loves it when you're hopeful. What is hope? Hope is when hope. Hope smells like buttermilk biscuits at 7 a.m., but you're still in your room, which means your mama thought about you before, she made, before you woke up. I mean, I don't eat pork anymore, but like the smell of bacon just does something to you. It makes you hopeful. You can't have a bad day and smell bacon at the same time. Like gangbangers, I mean, I know that some of you might be watching, like, man, I gangbang on breakfast. On eggs, bro, like it's bacon. But the opposite of hope is what? Hopelessness. So when somebody takes their life, regardless of what happened, when somebody takes their own life, it breaks God's heart. When you're sitting there in a situation and you see, how many of you guys have ever been there before? Like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. That hurts God. The last thing is that God loves power. What is power? Power is when you walk into a situation, the presence comes with you and things start to change. Somebody say, that makes God happy. So then inversely, When you walk into a place and your faith doesn't work, it makes God cry. Because the way in which family is operating now, look at your neighbor and say, it wasn't supposed to be this way. So when God created the family in Genesis, that was the only structure that he wanted to live on earth to display how he loved people. Let me prove it to you. Let's go to Genesis 2. I know you're saying, why do we have to start in Genesis? Because it's the only perfect book in the Bible. We, ha- we have to start here every single time. It's, just, it's the same way that when you start cooking something, if you follow recipes, you don't start by, by uh, putting whatever all the raw ingredients are in the oven. You have to start in the beginning. You don't just throw eggs in. you got to crack them and whisk them. So it's impossible for us to talk about the salvation of Jesus Christ if we don't talk about Genesis first. Okay, here we go. Genesis 2, 21 through 22. I'm coming from the message. It says, God put the man into a deep sleep. God's already made man. He's made everything else. So somebody say he made man. His name was Adam. And we all want to have a conversation with Adam because if you wouldn't have eaten the fruit, dummy, yeah, we get it. It's okay. We'll, we'll all be in a line. God put the man into a deep sleep. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced uh, it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make who? Woman. And presented her to the man. Verse 23, it says, the man said what? Finally, up until this point, Adam has seen animals, he's seen, he's seen stars, he's seen uh, uh, plants, and he's seen trees, but none of that did anything for him. 
Oh, oh y'all don't understand what I mean? When Adam saw Eve, he was like, God, thank you. I see two different lions, male and female. I see, because you know there are male and female trees. You know, that's how we get, you know, different. And then he saw the woman, and he was like, whoa, man, that's it. So when he saw her, he immediately had an attraction to her. I want to make sure that you understand, mom and dad, it's okay to be attracted to one another in the house. Sometimes that's what we need to see. You want to know why? Because watching my mom and dad date in the house taught me what I should be doing when I left it. So it's okay to be attracted to one another. It's okay to not be so holy that we forget that you're married. Let me go back. Finally, bone of my bone. This is like him. This is cat calling at this time. This is him like, you know, when like you are taller than a glass of water. I would drink your bath water. That's what Adam is doing right now. Like he's letting her know you bad. I want you. I need you. I got to have you. He says bone of my bone. And I feel like he was like, you know, chiseled. And flesh of my flesh. Glory. Name her woman, for she was made from man. Glory to God. How many of you guys got a wife that was made from you? In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and embraces his wife. They become what? One flesh. And the two of them, the man and his wife, which means that, sir, once you get married, you're not just the head. It's the man and the wife. Yes, she should submit to you. But sometimes, bro, we're stupid, and we need to submit to her. Ma'am, if you have never been in a situation where he takes your advice, uses it, and applies it, you might want to reconsider the next step. Because if you are, I've only been married for a year and a half. He's a young whippersnapper. He has, uh, he's still wet behind his ears. Yes, I get it. But this marriage thing is serious, and there have been multiple seasons where Joshua didn't know what to do, and I fell in line and followed her. So now, man and woman are made, somebody scream, equal. equal. Both have their right, both have their characteristics, both are made perfectly in God's will, but somebody say they're different. Men bring something different to the table than women. It's, 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 it's different, but they're both necessary. Both of them were naked, but they felt no shame. God never had plans to have unsolicited reign over the earth. You know what that means? How many of you guys have ever gotten unsolicited advice? That's unsolicited unsolicited, unsolicited. Um, it's what you experienced on Thanksgiving when your auntie was trying to tell you how to make greens. Well, I wouldn't do that, babe. It's not your house, auntie. Well, I would use a ham hop. We do turkey. We don't do pork. Like, it's when somebody steps in the way and makes you do things that they want, right? God never wanted to have to tell you how to run your life. He wanted you to do the research on your own, read his word. And if it's in the word and if it's in your desire, that means that it came from God. Anything and everything that you have ever desired, if you're in the will of God, it had to have come from God. So if you're thinking it, it came from God's heart. If you're willing it, it came from God's hand. If you want to go, that means it came, it came from God's spirit. So I want to make sure that you understand that when you see the house with your family, you can cut out all of the noise when people say that you're greedy. No, if I want the house, that means that God wants me to live there. So we can begin to de deconstruct What's going on? Because sometimes people's sight isn't as good as your vision. I know I'm already talking. So it, will, it, it can intimidate you if a family has a dream to build a hospital. If your vision is that you just want to have your four no more. It's not saying that either one of them is better than the other. It just means that for as me in my house, we're going to build a hospital. So the minute that you and your family figure out what your purpose is, 
God begins to use this magnet called kingdom, like it's like this kingdom like purpose magnet on the inside of you. And based off of your family being in alignment, he begins to bring resources to what's going on. But if you are not together, all of your resources will go all over the place because they don't know where they're going. So God never wanted to walk the earth. God never, we should have never known who Jesus was physically. Can, can, I, can, we, can we just destroy religion and talk kingdom this morning? Can we just talk a kingdom principle? Can we act like we know the word? Is that all right? Jesus should have never had to die on the cross. If Adam and Eve would have stayed family and listened, if he would have followed her and she would have followed him, Jesus would have never had to die on the cross. We would have never known sin. We would have never known lack. We would never have known abuse. We would have never known, we'd have never known any of those things. So this concept of being family is so much more important than even salvation. Because salvation came after the family. The reason why we need Jesus so much is because as a family, we don't know who we are. Every single person in here, in your family, have you ever had a season when everything was clicking? You prayed different. You prayed stuff in the Bible. God, whatever your will is, let it be done. You ever been in a season where it wasn't working out? God, I got to talk to God like an OG. Look here, bro. Now, what you ain't going to do is leave me out here by myself, which means that every single place in your family should feel like Eden, 77 degrees, no clouds, no rain. It was so nice, Miss Nikki. They were walking around with no clothes on and didn't even know it. See what I'm saying? So the foundation of your family is love. But look at this, Genesis 3 and 1, the minute that the family is constructed, we are introduced to Satan. Don't miss this. The minute Adam and Eve, minute Eve was created, they weren't family yet. When she was created, they weren't family because Adam hadn't chosen her yet. This deconstructs this conversation that God creates one man for one woman. It's not, that's not true. Because that would mean that on a, on, on a rate that 78% of us in the room didn't marry the one that God created for us. God doesn't create somebody for you. Sir, God creates somebody that you have to choose. There are all these opportunities in the room of who's the right wife. Because it's impossible for God to say that I made somebody for you that you won't have to touch. And then later on in Proverbs tell you that the Proverbs 31 woman, that bro, it's your decision to make your wife into what you want to see. God does not contradict himself. So she's not his wife until they came together. Somebody say one flesh. So, bro, that's watching right now that might be struggling. If it's your son, that's your son. You don't even look like me. What did the test say? That is a family. Can we talk real? But the minute they come together, who do we see? Satan. I want you to write this down. The situations that we deal with in family, they test our unity, not our, indi not our individuality. The enemy doesn't see each one person as, as the soul. He wants to destroy somebody, say the family. Genesis 1, Genesis 3, 1, it says the serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, and what does he say? Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And then we know that what happens? Everything falls apart. I want you to understand something, that if family is God's chosen structure to display love on earth, then that means that the enemy's desire is to destroy that foundation. 
Yeah, yeah. So the enemy doesn't just use somebody in your family going through depression. He, he doesn't really care about depression. He wants the depression to cause disunity in the family. God, I mean, the, the enemy doesn't really care about your finances, but he will use your finances to create disunity. The enemy really doesn't care about the alcohol level in Jack Daniels. He doesn't really care about that, but he will use it as an instrument to divide you. So now what you're able to do as a family is look at anything and, any, anything and everything in your life that's not from God, not just as an attack from the enemy, but now this is an instrument that he's trying to use to split us up. This is why in family, look at your neighbor and say, you got to keep talking. The minute something happens in our home when we were growing up, the minute I was not eating tomatoes, and I guess I was on it tough. I don't remember this because I love tomatoes now. But anyway, the story goes, Joshua came home. Mama probably made me like a tomato sandwich. Y'all ever had a tomato sandwich before? Y'all ever had a fried green tomato sandwich before? Okay, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Okay, but anyway, I think my mom made me like a tomato sandwich or something like that, and I said, I don't eat tomatoes. And what was the first question that you think she asked? Who have you been around? Adam missed this opportunity. The minute that Eve talks to the serpent, she should have came back to, the, to, 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 to her husband and said, hey, I just talked to a snake. And Adam should have said, wait a minute, did God say? Wait a minute, let's go back. Have dominion, rule over the earth. Did he say anything about a snake? By the way, what is a snake? It's a snake that I didn't name. What was his name again? Satan. Satan. But in Genesis 2, he gave me dominion to name all the animals. Okay, hippopotamus, giraffe, cow, Satan. I don't remember naming anything. Come on, girl, real quick. Hey, God. Um, she, so you, 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 you gave me an assignment, right? Okay, so name all. Okay, hippopotamus, giraffe, a sloth, a platypus. I don't know why you made a platypus, but I digress. Uh, but Satan. I remember naming a snake, but I don't, I don't remember a snake. You... To his wife, you sure the name was? When the enemy can get you to stop talking, anything and everything will be able to slither. The point of the enemy is to make you feel uncomfortable with communicating with one another. So your 13-year-old that's in his room that's struggling with pornography, pornography is not the problem. His inability to communicate with you is. Can I, can I help you this morning? Okay, it's not so much that you being a perpetual liar is a problem because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are dirty. All of you just saying it. You just saying it. You just, you just, I couldn't earn it. You couldn't, but guess what? You deserve it. It's not the lying that Satan cares about. He just wants to make you comfortable with not talking to your family. And the number one thing that destroys love and family is not communicating. It sounds like this. I never knew. Why didn't you tell me? How many of you have ever been in those conversations before? Like your heart, your heart breaks. It's like, how could you not tell me? 15 years and I didn't know? I found out that my wife's favorite candy isn't Sour Patch Kids. Miss Nikki, for the past seven years, every birthday, every Christmas, every Valentine, am I capping or not? Is this the truth? I'm like, here you go. Happy birthday. And this woman just told me a year and a half into marriage, by the way, I appreciate what you're doing for me, but I really don't like Sour Patch Kids. And what'd your boy say? Why didn't you tell me? And that's how your family feels. We already know we're broke. We already know that we're in poverty. 
But when was the last time you sat us down in the family meeting and told us where we're going? We know the heat is off, Dad. We know. We're not stupid. We're in here like, like this. We cold. We get that. But when was the last time you told us what it's going to be like when there's heat on? When was the last time you told us when we're going to have more than enough and we're going to buy houses for people in our current situation? Look at your neighbor and say, talk to me. The minute the family comes together, the enemy is introduced, and all he's really interested in doing is creating disunity. So if you are ever experiencing disunity in your family, it's not that you're cursed. It's actually that you're purposed. When you're walking in your house and you feel a presence of something that's not supposed to be there, instead of feeling fear, my thought is, you're only here because you want to distract me from what my family's purposed for. Oh, oh, okay, okay. You begin to walk into fights differently when you know that you got like, you know, a super on you. You feel me? The serpent was clever. The situations we deal with in family tests our unity, not our individuality. The first attack on the family will always be the thing that binds and keeps you together, which is your love for one another. You can't have finances, you can't have health, you can't have money, you can't have a healthy marriage without actually, somebody say, loving one another. So the enemy comes to destroy a couple of different things, to steal, kill, and destroy a couple of things. He comes to make sure that he takes away your love for one another. He wants to take away your affection for one another. He wants to take away your freedom to share with each other. He wants to take away your safety around each other, and he wants to take away your fight. To, he wants to take away your will to fight for one another. In your office place, how many of you guys have a friend of me? Like, you're only close to her because you know she, I just can't stand Carol. Oh, I can't stand her, but I need her close so I know how she's moving. You can operate like that. It worked. My man said, yeah, Tyler, bro. Tyler, my man's right here, says, give him a raise. I got you, bro. But it feels different when you have to do that at home, where you have to have conversations with your sister just to keep her close enough to see if she's going to stab you in the back. In the workplace, makes sense. You know what I'm saying? How many of you guys have ever had your lunch taken out of the refrigerator? And it's, it's you, bro. I brought tuna. You smell like tuna. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. You got mayo on your lip, bro. I can deal with that for a year. But what I can't live without is walking down the hallway and brushing shoulders with people that I have the same blood type of, but I've never communicated with. That's what hell on earth is, my friends. The reason why a lot of people aren't afraid of hell is because they're actually living in it right now. So we can't just talk about salvation and get you saved to go to heaven. No, no, no. We need to save the family unit. We, we got to save everybody. Say mama, daddy, papa, all of them. Everyone. The cat, the dog, the fleas, on the dog, the dust mites, everything. Whenever God built anything, somebody say he had a plan. Point number three is that if you agree to build it, God already promised to protect it. Like any sermon that you've ever heard, that if you begin to build it, God will join with you, isn't biblical. God was already with you. <laughs> the word of God says that before you were even known by your parents, before you were even a twinkle in your father's eye, God was already with you in your marriage. God was with you in the diagnosis. God was with you when you lost your son. God was with you at your highest points and your lowest lows before you were even here. So when you decide to build your family, it's not your idea. It was always God's. I just want to make sure you understand 
God doesn't just join in with you. It's been his plan the whole time. Do you really think that an all-sufficient, all-knowing, all of you online, like zoom in, look at my face, do you really believe that the situation that you're in that doesn't line up with Genesis 1 is the will of God? Do, do you think that's what God wants? Do you think that God wants single parents running after the other person that they procreated with that denies the child? Do you think that's what he wants? Answer me. Do you think that's what he wants? Do you think that God wants over 50,000 people in the state of Nebraska that are homeless to be walking around the street and potentially die before the end of the year because of the cold? Do you think that's what he wants? Do you? Do you think that God wants domestic violence in the family where a man or a woman raises their hands and or domestic violence isn't always physical, it can also be mental and spiritual? You can be beat up without the person even raising their hand because those words are just as sharp as a somebody screams, sword! Do you think that's what God wants? But the enemy wants you to believe that it's normal. If I can get you to believe that this man talking to you out the side of your neck and putting, him, putting his hands on you is normal, then I don't have to worry about salvation. You'll go to heaven, that's cool. But while you're on earth, I have control over your life. And God only wants one person to have control over your life. And guess who that is? You. And guess where your power to clean your life up comes from? Him. Somebody scream yes. yes. This is good? Okay, just want to make sure I'm on track. If you agree to build it, God already promised to protect it. Somebody say protect this house. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I love this. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its, uh, its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is, uh, never loses faith is, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will what? Become useless. It means that it has no use. Somebody say no use. No use like raisins and potato salad. You don't use raisins and potato salad. I don't care who. Why would you put sunflower seeds in dressing? But I digress. For those of you that, uh, hey, somebody scream useless. It will become useless, but love does what? Lasts forever. Which means that as a parent, it is more important that you love your kids than you speak in tongues. Oh, y'all didn't want to hear that. Oh, y'all really didn't want to hear that. Yeah, your gift of prophecy is not as important as you loving your wife. I prophesied this, that, and the other, but did you love her? That's what the word, I, look, point at me, point at me. Say, you didn't say it, now point at the screen. Say, it said it. Okay, so don't blame me. Y'all don't go in this conversation, Pastor Joshua said, I just got to love you. No, that's what the word said. But this is what our families look like. Somebody say foundation. So what, what, can you go back to the beginning? It says love is what? Patient. What? Kind. Love doesn't boast. Love doesn't make, love doesn't make any, uh, 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 it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's not looking for somebody to lose. Love makes sure that it forgives. It says it's sorry. And as you begin to build your life, you'll start creating this foundation that you can build and put your family on top of. But here's the problem. A lot of us don't see patience as a currency in family. 
Like you do everything, but you're not patient. And I'm learning patience because my wife, she has this thing where she likes to like take her sweet time getting ready to go places. So for me, like I can jump in, the, I can get out of bed, jump in the shower, hit the little joint on my head, huh, huh, you know, put some stuff on. And I'm like, let's go. You knew about this event two weeks ago. But somebody say, but somebody say, she needs time. So when I rush her, I take patience out of the equation. To me, it's no big deal. But to her, this is something that she believes our love is built on. Bro, there are some things, and these, I'm talking to all my young men. All my young men say, yeah. Whoa. 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 They scared. That was apprehension. Say, yeah. Yeah. What's more important than knowing if the sex is good is how patient are you? Oh, y'all don't want to talk about that in church. Oh, y'all didn't know this was family series at AWC. Wow. Okay. I'm not patient. I, I keep a record of wrong. And now the foundation of what we're supposed to be building, there's nothing there. Because prophecy doesn't fix this. Bible study with your family doesn't fix this. Sir, you're a great pastor and teacher, but forcing your children to sit to listen to you talk about the word of God does not, it doesn't, it doesn't fix this. You gotta love them. And guess what? Once some things fall, you, if your family's moving at a fast rate, you can't, you don't have time to pick up the pieces. Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? What else does it say? Love does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. So that means that lying in your family destroys the foundation. You don't know if your cousin going to steal from you. You don't know if your mama going to steal that little lunch money that you got. By the way, parents, what does let me hold your birthday money even mean? You're going to save it for me. I got $250 at my seventh birthday. I saw 10 cents of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But then we try to get saved. We try to go to a small group. We try to ask somebody to prophesy over our family, but they can't fix the patches and the holes in our foundation. You guys ever played Jenga before? How many of you, you're this person? Like, you could take this one right off the top, but you'd be like, yeah, let me get. Yeah, let me get that one. How many of you know that that sometimes can destroy our families? You don't take risks inside the family. You take risks with your family on the outside of the family. So then what happens? Now we don't know what to do. And, and, and how do we build this thing? And what I said earlier is that somebody say, everything you need, God already gave you. So as a family, we have everything we need. But we'll pray, God, would you fix this family? Oh, sorry, that's my impatience, Lord. God, would you fix my family? And you got... Every, look, look, look in here. I got everything. The peace that I lost, I can rebuild it. But God, I just need you to fix my dad. 
he doesn't see me right. God has never fixed anybody on your behalf. Those prayers don't work. God, I need you to talk to my wife. And God goes, <laughs> bro, you're selfish. Like he, he always reminds you of how little you are. He's always telling you, like, God, fix Vanessa. He's like, yeah, but you're selfish. Ugh. Well, she's impatient. Well, no, you actually don't give her enough time to get ready. Oh, my God. Well, well, she doesn't know how to make any decisions. Well, Joshua, the last 10 decisions you've made without even taking her consideration. So it's not that she's indecisive. She just never thinks that you care what she thinks. So then you get to the point, you're like, all right, bro, square up. Like, I never, you ever want to fight a spirit like, Lord, like you, I'm ready to, like, throw hands with you. But all God is looking for is for a family that's ready to do the work. You know what, God? I do need to become more patient. And actually, I need to really become more patient. Like, I need patience. Somebody say patience. God, you know what? I do need to become more kind. Yeah, you're right. I need to become... I do need to become more kind. I, I, do, I do need to realize that what I say isn't as important as how I say it. There are grown men in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that wish that their dad could say something different, and he's not here. Do you understand what that feels like? I can't even imagine. And it's like, yeah, my daddy showed me love. Yeah, he brought home the bacon and fried it up, but he never told me he loved me. That sucks. And coming to meet Jesus doesn't always fill that hole. How many of you in your families feel comfortable talking about the bad stuff? Yeah, because sometimes what you're dealing with that you think is an attack of the enemy is actually just a generational curse that actually came to your great-grandfather. But then you can talk about it. The reason why we don't drink, Joshua, is because um, this used to be a foundation in our family. And the way that our biology is made up other people can drink, it's not a big deal, but it kind of runs in our family that there are alcoholics. Okay. Hypothetical. Joshua, uh, our family used to gamble. So uh, the reason why uh, we always ask you to do something better with your money is because in our family, just, just, just the way that it is, we have an addictive quality. Oh, can we talk for real? Because Bible study is cool, but how I'm made up is, is pretty important too. Hey, Joshua, by the way, um, the reason why you're, you might be addicted to pornography is actually that promiscuity actually used to be a foundational part in our family. So your great-great-grandfather, you know, like when we go to Thanksgiving and you see all your aunts and uncles and whatnot, I need to tell you something. Actually, that's not your cousin. That's actually your aunt's brother. What? Yeah, well, Paul Paul back in the day, you know, Papa was a rolling stone, like that, that song. Yeah, he was around. And it's not to inflict pain on the past. It's, it's not to say that Paul Paul was a terrible. It's not to say that. It's just that we cannot rebuild this foundation if we don't know what lies underneath. Do you guys know what a building code is? You know what a building code is? Before you build a building in the state of Omaha, guess what you have to do? You have to survey the land. Because once you build on top of something, the foundation, if it's off, it's over with. It's the reason why when you buy a house, you have somebody do what? Go and inspect it. Because the house can be absolutely beautiful, but if the foundation is broken, everything that you've built on top of it will be destroyed. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm, I'm going to put this one down. That's promiscuity. I don't, I don't want that one to work. Okay. So love is being patient. Please write these down. 
Love is being secure. Love is being generous. Love is being forgiving. Loving is being honest, it's being dependent. Somebody say love is forever. So if patience, security, generosity, forgiveness, honesty, dependency, and love, if all of those are necessary to build the family, I want you to answer me this question. Which one of these in here can you afford to build without? I want you to tell me. I want you to prove to me that you can build a family and that you can build the foundation of love and you can build it without being honest. Any, any takers? Going once? Okay. Uh, how about building a family and you're, you don't feel secure? Because ring isn't the thing that secures the family. ADT doesn't secure the family. It's when you go to sleep at night, you know the person that's down the hall is going to ride for you when it's necessary. That's security. Okay, well, how many of you guys want to build a family without forgiveness? So that means that if your family is alive right now and there's no forgiveness, that means that your foundation is faulty. So you can be loving, you, you can be patient, you can be secure, you can be generous, honest, dependent, but if your family doesn't forgive, how many of you guys know that that doesn't, that doesn't work? I want you to write this down. If we will agree to build it, God already promised to protect it. Your family is only as good as your building knowledge. What did I say? Your family is only as good as your building knowledge. Proverbs 24, 3 through 4. Can you read it with me? Through wisdom, a house is? Keep reading. Come on. Come on. Uh-huh. So I want you to write this down. Your house is taken care of in three different places. Somebody say wisdom, say understanding, and say knowledge. Let's go backwards. God wanted to use what to prove that love happens on the earth? The family. It's impossible to build the family without, somebody say, a foundation. You can't build a foundation without love, right? But I want to make sure that you guys get this part here, is that you can't build a family unless you have the knowledge to do so. How many of you guys can build a plane? What are some of the reasons why you can't build a plane? Talk to me. I don't know what I'm doing. What else? You don't have the resources. What else? You don't have the money. I don't have the knowledge. So to think that you could just build your family by yourself if you don't have the, the, the know-how is crazy. That's the reason why we have church. That's the reason why we have this foundation of people all around us so that you can look to other people. You can read the word. You can go to sermons so that you can actually have conversations to build the family that you want. How many of you guys know that one of the biggest reasons of why we have community is so that you can learn from other people? If you're doing family by yourself, you are cheating yourself out of knowledge from somebody else. So this conversation that COVID has had, that it's just me, my four, and no more, you are now telling your family that you don't love them enough to get new knowledge. There was a time in church, Jason, where people used to have their kids play over other people's kids' houses. And the parents might have had miscommunication, but they didn't bring that to the children. There was a time in church where, where people, if you had an issue on this side of the building, and you had that issue with that person over here on this side of the building, you used to do this thing called communicate. 
You want to know what it sounds like? Hey, bro, what you just posted on Instagram. Hey, I love you. It's not going to change our foundation of relationship. But what did you mean? What, what was that? Why was that? Why did you repost that tweet? No, I'm not upset, but let's have a conversation. Because you, you, you do know that my kids are black. You, oh, y'all, don't, y'all really don't want to talk this morning. Like, like, you do know that me and my family actually go to the Salvation Army. This jacket that I have on, we got it from Goodwill. Like, you do, you do know that, right? You, you do know that me and my wife have struggled, and we've had three miscarriages. So you do understand what you're saying. We used to communicate, and it wasn't out of a place of hate. It was out of a place of love. But we got to do this thing called pick up the pieces. Because we can't move to the cross until we fix this. The church used to be one family. It used to be all of us, and now black people are over there. And our Hispanic brothers and sisters are over there. And our white folks are over here. And, and the black church is over here. And what God wanted was for there to be one church that was under him. Of all races, all cultures, all sexual orientations. What'd you say? Yeah. Like, there's no weighing table of what God believes in sin. He wants some all here. But you know what we, we got to do? We, we, we got we to build it up. So I'm going to build my family. Yeah. I'm going to build my family. Yeah. Pick up the pieces. I'm going to build my family. Yeah. I'm going to build my. I'm going to build my family. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to build my family even if it's going to take me all night. I'm going to build my family. My help comes from up above. I'm gonna build my family and the foundation definitely starts with love. I'm gonna build my family, I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna build my family and it's gotta come from way down in my heart. I'm gonna build my family, I'm not gonna build it on sod. I'm gonna build my family, I'm gonna build it on God's faith. Build my family, I'm gonna build my family, yeah. I'm gonna build my family, yeah. Say, I'm gonna build my family. Family, yeah. Say I'm gonna build my family, yeah. Say yeah. I gotta pick up the pieces. I gotta make this work. Even if that means that sometimes it's gonna hurt. Uh. I gotta pick up the pieces. I gotta make this look good. It doesn't matter where you come from, no matter race or hood. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I gotta build this family. I'm gonna use his blood. It doesn't matter where you come from, no matter nation or hood. You feel me? Uh, I'm going to build my family. I'm going to do it from the top. I'm going to build my family. And I'm going to use God. Say, uh, I'm going to build my family. Yeah, say, 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 I'm going to build my family. Uh, say, I'm going to build my family. Yeah, I'm going to build my family. Let's go. Yeah, hey, 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 yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm gonna build my family. Yeah, just one break at a time. I'm gonna build my family. Gotta hear that peace of mind. Uh-huh. I'm gonna build my family. Go. Gotta spread with the season. I'm gonna build my family. Yeah, we got that reason. 
I'm gonna build my family. You can't do it all by yourself. I'm gonna build my family. You gotta be blessed with the wealth and the health. I'm gonna build my family. You know we're gonna rise to the top. I'm gonna build my family. We cannot lose and we cannot be stopped. Part. I'm gonna build my family. I know where to start. I'm gonna build my family. I'm not gonna build it on sod. I'm gonna build my family. I'm gonna build it on somebody say God. I know it's hard for us to get out of here. Anybody remember your club days? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because if building your family isn't fun, why would you want to do it? If you can't have fun even in the mess that you're in, why, why can't you have fun? If I'm building this thing, it should get to the point that when it knocks over, that you come and help me. Like, I need help because, because I'm a black man. Okay? But Ms. Goodrich brings something to the table that I don't understand. So can, can you help me? Her family's great with patience. Like, and then Damon comes, and Damon, you know what, I, I need some help. Like, I don't have kids yet, but you and your wife, you brought some kids, she brought some kids, then y'all got some kids together, and like, we're about to have some kids, but can you help me? I, how do you name your kids? How do you, uh, how do you name them? How do you build the foundation? Yeah, you need to help me, sis. Come on, build, go for it. Uh, and then you two, like, you guys are great. You're over the age of 50, I know, you're older, but we need you, can you come help us, please? Like, come on, please, like, are you willing to beg people to help you in areas that you don't have? Please, help me out. Help me out. Uh, who else? Does anybody else want to help me build my family? Does anybody else see something? Come on, help me. I need your help. Come on. Help me, please. Come on. Come on. You're a white woman. You're a white woman that, that speaks Spanish. Yeah. Our kids need to learn how to speak Spanish. Because Vanessa doesn't. Help me out. I said it.
setting somebody free. I'm gonna build my family. Yeah, say I'm gonna build my family. Yeah, stop. Because now what the enemy wants is for you to defend this by yourself. What the enemy definitely doesn't want you to do is to defend this thing with help. You see how I rhyme that? This is all ad-libs, Antoine. Now I see why you do this. Because me trying to defend this, now my back is exposed. But if I ask these people that I help to help me build my family, protect my life. I can fight for my family while they protect mine. If you're doing family by yourself, you're doing it wrong. Why would you give up on this? There's something that her white-skinned Southern Louisiana culture brings to the table that I can't. There's something that Mr. Damon and Ms. Chiffon's family brings to the table that I don't understand. Miss Nancy brings something. The Creightons bring experience. How long have you been married? How long have you been married? They've been married for 11 years. Now listen, we've only been married for a year. A lot of people would say, like, well, they haven't been married for over 20 or 30. Guess what? It's more than ours. Break it down. If the church ever gets afraid of having other people help us build our lives, we will always be stagnant. Going to heaven is not as important as doing family together. It's one thing to fight for your family, but if you got the right people, they won't even let you mess up. They won't even, y'all don't even understand. Y'all don't even understand what's happening right now. I didn't talk to these people before the service. I didn't send them no text message, but they ain't gonna let me mess this thing up. We need some men in the church that won't allow other men to leave their wives. We need some women in the church that won't allow their daughters to drop out of school. We need some old men that still got some strength that will choke you out if you try to lie anymore. You shouldn't have to build your family by yourself. You shouldn't have to do it by yourself. It breaks my heart when we walk through these buildings and single moms are walking down the hallway. Yeah, we have a team of young men and women that help them. What would make God's heart so much more happy is the other half of that child walking with her, walking with him. Yeah, it's okay if you don't have the money in your family. It's all right. If you don't have the finances right now, that's okay. But God still wants your family to be prosperous. But if you become afraid of other people helping build your life because of the color of their skin, or maybe they were divorced, or maybe they used to be an alcoholic, or maybe, like, they're not my culture. You cannot fulfill the kingdom of God without building your family with other people. It's impossible. But this is what culture did in the last year and a half. This is what culture did in the last year and a half, for those of you that are watching online. We began to get in the way of people and dismiss them. And because I dismissed you, my marriage fell off because you held that up. But I don't wanna to talk to you about the issue I have with you. I don't want to talk to you, Damon. So I'd rather lose my son. No, y'all can't hold up his pieces. That's his part. You broke my heart. Don't touch that. I kicked you out of my family. Why would you come to my house anymore? And now Christmas looks different because we don't want to forgive. I'm trying to help you this morning. And now I tell my kids, you can't play with Damon's kids. When you see them in the grocery store, walk past them, unfollow them on Facebook. Miss Nancy, I can't stand the way you talk to my wife. Get out of here. 
And now I can be in church with Miss Nancy and it's her birthday today, but I can ask God to curse her. I don't need you anymore. Just get out of here. I don't need you. Go. Go. I said go. And as much as I'm screaming at them, community begins to push back on you. When you start to try to push people out of your life, and they start pushing you back to what's supposed to be there. This is what the kingdom is. As much as I'm trying to mess up my own life, these folks love me too much to see my life fall apart. There are some relationships in this church that were destroyed off of miscommunication. You're not even a part of my family, but thank you. The kingdom was built for you to work through racism. I really don't care today. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm done with the religion thing. This is who you guys get as a pastor. You're going to have to deal with it. You being white, me being black, if it causes us not to serve the same God, it's trash. It's trash. I said it's trash. Well, she used to be an alcoholic. I don't care. I don't care. She's free now. She's free. I don't want to build this thing by myself. How many of you got people like this that won't let you fail? Like, I know you don't like me right now, but we got to get this thing together. How many of you guys need this? I'm going to build it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to build it. Brick by brick. Tile by tile, I'm, I'm going to take my time because the best offering that you can give to God is not your money. It's a together family. It's the best thing you could ever give God. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, I'm not dismissing you. I'm dismissing you, but I still love y'all. All right. Okay. Okay. Man. Your family is only as good as your building knowledge. We build by wisdom. We establish by understanding. And we fill it with knowledge. It says, thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. 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 It's not fair that uh, some people, the only place where they see unity is on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. And as, you're, as a pastor here at AWC, can, can I just be honest? Um, I'm the type of person that if you have an issue with me, just tell me. I, I forgive real quick. But what breaks my heart is when... Um, breaks my heart is when you see people post stuff on Instagram and Facebook or you see them in the, uh, the grocery store and they feel awkward to come and talk to you because of something that happened that if we just talked about it and the church is bleeding not because of COVID 
The church isn't bleeding because of sickness. The, 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 the church is bleeding because of unreconciliation. What somebody said made you feel some way. That's true. It's justified. That's how you feel. But the Word of God says that you are responsible to take how you feel to the person. You have to build your family with wisdom. Wisdom is the body of knowledge and principles that develop a specified society. Establishing, I'm sorry, the next is understanding. Like, you have to be sympathetic and aware of the other people's feelings in your family. The next is that once you have wisdom, once you have understanding, the Word of God says, by knowledge the rooms are filled. But sometimes we can get so locked in with filling our, our homes with stuff. And Christmas is coming. And I understand. You're going to buy Christmas gifts. I get it. You got, you got to do what you got to do. It's a way, some of you, your love language is giving gifts. But the word of God says that knowledge is more important than the Xbox. He says that uh, knowledge is more important than the Tesla. He says that knowledge is more important than the trip. Because once you get knowledge, the rooms are filled with all, some I say, precious and pleasant riches. Matthew 7, 24. So you might be asking, okay, Pastor Joshua, I heard this knowledge, but you know what? Christmas is coming. I really don't want to have any issues at Christmas. I'm going to tell you what the word says about you if you don't do with what you said, if you don't do with what you heard today. Matthew 7, 24, the New Living, it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is what? Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Isn't it interesting that God uses, Jesus uses so many different conversations regarding building. Because once you build, once you have a dirty foundation or a bad foundation, it doesn't matter how beautiful or what you build on top of it, guess what? It's coming down. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, somebody scream, it won't collapse. But, somebody say, but, anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is what? Foolish. Somebody say, you stupid. I got a friend from Jersey. He said, nah, I mean, son, you stupid. Stupid. Okay. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, guess what? It will. Not it might. Not it could. Not it may. Somebody say, it will. It will collapse with a mighty crash. Everything that you've heard during this sermon series means nothing if you do nothing with it. All of the stuff that pastors have talked about up here intimately that we've talked about as a family, what you've seen maybe from sermons and other people's conversations, if you do nothing with it, it's your responsibility. If we have to take this responsibility to build our family, like y'all were just going crazy up here. Y'all, y'all, you know, I could tell my brown liquor drinkers. I saw y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Don't laugh too hard. Like, ha! I'm just kidding. But... You were just singing about, I'm going to build my family. Cool. But the question is, will you get some knowledge? The worst thing for you to do would be to sit through all of these sermons and still make the decision to do nothing with what you've heard. That's the work, Mr. Damon. It's cute when I'm running around and like picking up the boards and putting them up, right? But you want to know what this looks like in real life? Hey, guys, let's have a family meeting. Hey, let, let's talk about why you didn't see daddy for a year and a half. And it's scary, and it's, 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 it makes us feel some kind of way. Every family has it. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody has it. 
Like, don't think that the family that you think is like ushy-cushy and everything is great. <laughs> Every, look at your neighbor and say, I got some stuff too. But it takes work. It takes work. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, it says, this is where we started. For we are both God's workers. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And you are God's field. Somebody say, I am God's building. God, this is so good. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. So your family cannot lay a foundation on money. You cannot lay a foundation on gifts. You cannot lay a foundation on appreciation. You cannot uh, uh, lay a foundation for your family on fun. We have fun. Fun is not going to save you in a crisis. The only foundation that will save you in a crisis, can somebody say, Jesus Christ? Okay. Anyone who builds on the foundation may use a variety of materials. It doesn't matter how you build your family. You can use fun on top of the foundation. It doesn't matter. You can use gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, listen, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has, somebody say, done. Your family is going to go through something. And if you're not saying hallelujah, you're either going through it right now or you've been graced not to walk through anything. But guess what? It's coming. It's coming. A death in the family, divorce, infidelity, somebody gets sick, confusion. There are sometimes seasons where a, a, a fog of confusion can come over the house. And like, it just seems like y'all don't understand what y'all say. It's like, what's happening? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife does. Like when, I'm, like when we're asleep and she's, she'll say like, hey, are you up? Yeah, I woke up this morning and like you pushed my leg off of me. I just wanted to know, do you still love me? I'm like, I was asleep. Because she like wants to be like right here when I'm asleep and it get hot. But we can't build a foundation of, on cuddling, wife, just so you know. Somebody say fire will reveal. Fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. When your family goes through a season and you come out, even if you smell like smoke, but you're all together, heaven goes crazy. The fire burns up the, the, the house, Mr. Damon, not because it wants to consume the house. It wants to know how strong are the people in the house. My daddy says this stuff all the time. He says, there's nothing in this house that's more valuable than the people that are in this house. They can come in here and steal everything. They can burn the house down. But if you four are still with me, oh, I'm straight. When did we get to the point where we loved material things more than the material people? I like playing Xbox, but if Xbox gets in the way of my wife, that thing, I got to burn it. I hope I don't have to, though. That fills my cup. Shut the door, turn off the lights, put on a headset. I can't hear anything. I'm just, oh, yeah. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize, please understand this, don't you realize that all of you, somebody say it together, don't miss this, please don't miss this. We are not in the business at this church of just building kingdom families. That's not what we're in the business of. We're in the business of building kingdom community. 
Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So build your home. That's cool. But if your home doesn't fit in a neighborhood, we got a problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know how many of you guys want to live on an acreage where you can't see nobody. Like, I want to walk outside and have to do this. Like, I want to take a car to get my mail. That's cool. That's awesome. But what happens when you need some eggs? What happens when you need sugar? What happens when you can't make it to the church house and you need somebody to come to your house? Because how many of you guys know that sometimes deliverance happens in people's kitchens, not just here at the sanctuary, not just here? Oh, y'all really don't. Y'all don't want to play. Oh, I get it. Oh, they don't want to act. They want to act like there's not a care team here at AWC, that when certain people are going through marital problems, the pastors don't have to go, but people that have given their life to care can pull up on you and be like, uh-uh, y'all can't do that today. Well, we want to get divorced. That's okay. Go ahead and get divorced. But we need to talk to you first. And let's see what we have to share with you might change your mind. Put it back up there, please. It said all together. Somebody say all together. Don't you realize that all of you together, not all of you by yourself. You can't do this thing alone. Why would you want to be the only house beautiful on the block? I'd rather have other houses that are just as beautiful. Somebody say, all of you together. All of you together are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God lives in you. If you go to the New King James, it says that the Spirit of God dwells among you. So what does that mean? That means that you got to understand my last point today. The point is to build neighborhoods, not just build homes. If you want to be popular, build a really beautiful house. If you want to, build, if you want to be wealthy, build a very successful neighborhood. What do you want? A really pretty house that people come by to look at on Christmas because you decorate nice? Cool, whatever. Or do you want to live in a neighborhood where everybody on that street will whoop your kid if they saw you? Hey, I know your mama. Matter of fact, I'm going to whoop you, then I'm going to send you to your mama. But this cop is CPS. I'm calling the police. But you don't know that the police is your cousin. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we build community, every single angle is taken care of. What if in the kingdom, what if in this church, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if every single person that had a canker sore or that had a, uh, like, need to get braces, what if we all supported the chain ending? I'm not playing favorites. They're just dentists. Let me ask you a question. Are there any other dentists in the house? No! So, what if, what if? All of us got our teeth taken care of. Guess what? That family gives stupid. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta brag. So whatever I pay them to fix my teeth comes back into the house to make sure the lights are on. Okay. It's all about community. Okay. okay. Um, who else can I brag on? Um, what if we all uh -huh, went to Miss Lawanda when somebody in our family over the age of 60 needed some help? Okay, let me ask, since you feel some type of way, does anybody else in the business of helping with older people, ge uh, geriatrics? No! So what if we all, if you might not need to go to her business, but what if she consulted for you? Oh, y'all really don't like this. Okay, what about if, how many of you guys are writing a book right now? How many of you guys need help with your book? What if everybody went to Rebecca and asked her to do the editing? 
Oh, I see it. Who else edits? One other person. I really wanted to say no so bad. I wanted three. I wanted three so bad. So I'm going to say it anyway. No, I'm kidding. What if before you went and overpriced yourself, you brought it back to the crib? Does anybody fix cars? Raise them high. Does anybody fix cars? Raise them. Fix cars. Raise your hand. Does anybody need their car fixed? Does anybody make music? Does anybody sing or record? Does anybody specialize in helping families through psychology or, psych or psychiatrics or, or helping people with counseling? I want to make sure you understand something. If you build your house and it has no doors or windows to look on the outside, you can miss out on one of the best gifts that God has ever given, which is neighbors. Look at your neighbor and say, hi, neighbor. But if we can get to the point where we can come to church and I only care about the people that are sitting right next to me with the chairs that are connected, that breaks God's heart. God loves love. He loves hope. He loves dominion. But guess what else he loves? God loves unity. So if God loves unity, Jason, what does that mean? That means that he hates segregation. He, he, he doesn't like categories. So much so that he destroyed them. My hope for you today in this sermon, <laughs> number one was to have some fun. I, I love having fun in church. But number two was for you to see what your family could be if you allowed other people to help you. Is there any person in the room, and I, I, really, I want to do it just like this. You can begin playing. But you and your family are going through something right now. I want you to stand to your feet. Don't be embarrassed. Do not be ashamed. But your family, we're going through something. We're, like, we're, and don't, don't feel ashamed because everybody should be standing. It's okay. They might be standing up on the inside. That's what Martin Luther King said, right? No, Malcolm X. He said, I'm standing up on the inside. My, my, I need some help. Some of you might desire marriage, and you're like, my mama passed away two years ago. My daddy's, I don't know where he's at, so I don't want to date alone. Like, I need some help. Finances. You might have a child that might be, you don't know where they are. But I want you to, I want you, I want you to stand. Like, just in solidarity, knowing that God sees you. Because this is the cool thing. God is not afraid of this. <laughs> that doesn't scare God. When your life is falling apart, God doesn't do this. Oh, he, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there are pieces all over. God doesn't do anything until you ask him, hey, can you help me? Like, because I can't defend this and pick this up by myself. I'd like everybody to stand to your feet. And this is what I'd like for you to do. If you were in a family unit, I'd like for you to join us up front because I want to make sure you understand something. Prayer is our first choice, not our last resort. In the kingdom of God, we don't pray when we have nowhere else to go. In the kingdom of God, somebody say, we pray first. The minute something is out of order, I start talking to God. Hey, God, whoa, hold up. Yo, I don't know what this is. I don't need a counselor yet. I don't need a therapist yet. But what I need you to do is we need to talk. 
If your family is in a place where it needs some prayer, where you need somebody to stand with you, I want you to come. And don't feel ashamed. If, you, if you're a single person, that's coming. If, but don't feel ashamed. I want you to come. Come on. We want to pray with you this morning. We want to pray with you to, this morning. Come on. We want to pray with you this morning. What you're building in your family, it's worth God's energy. What you're building in your family, it's worth God's time. What you're building in your family, it's worth God's blood. Jesus died so that his blood could be sprinkled over whatever issues you think you're walking through. Come on, let's celebrate them. Come on, let's celebrate them. Come on, I said let's celebrate them. This is a bold step. I said celebrate them. This is a bold step. Hallelujah. You guys can go ahead and start ministry. You guys can go ahead and start ministry really quick. I want to make sure that every person under the sound of my voice that I have the privilege to speak on right now, for those of you that are watching, this is you too. Whatever you are walking through as a family, I want to make sure that you feel encouraged that God was standing in the middle of it before you got there. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're in the middle of a divorce, if you're in the middle of trying to figure it out, if there's confusion in your family, like you, God didn't meet you there. You met God there. It says in the word of God that from the establishment of the earth, God knew who you were. So what that means is, is that your family has purpose. Your family has reach. And that if you agree with God, God's already been agreeing with you. Let me release you. Can you please lift your hands? Father God, we thank you for each and every person that is in this building. God, we thank you that we are not just building families. We're not just building homes. But God, we're building kingdom neighborhoods. And it starts with the church. God, we thank you that if we can get it out of our heads to build alone, we can build a world that actually wants to serve you and has healing. In Jesus' name, everybody that's building said amen and amen. We'll see you Wednesday night. The doors will open at 6 o'clock. We'll see you at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. Love you.